Welcome to The Highway to Well with Derek Bell. In episode 7, we'll be talking to Kent Youngstrom. Kent is an artist, but he'll tell you he's not the tortured kind. He's on a mission to make your wells at home, work, or in your secret lair as colorfully composed as you are. He asks you to get out of your comfort zone and explore your creativity, to be expressive, vulnerable, and adventurous. In our wellness field, as much as we like to think we're creative, we need people like Kent to light our spark. And today we'll talk about how creativity can help you live a better life, but we'll also share a beautiful letter he wrote as a soccer coach, something that hits right at home with this soccer coach. Thank you for listening. Let's get on the highway. All right, Kent, looks like we're recording. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. On the highway to well here with Kent Youngstrom. He's out in North Carolina enjoying his hot summer. But yeah, very. Very hot, very hot. And um, Kent, we'll, we'll go through a lot of threads here, but Kent is an artist, and I welcome his voice into the field, and I'm so excited to have him here on the highway to well for what he contributes to our creative process as well as professionals and, and just as individuals seeking to thrive and live our best lives that we can. Um, I've been chewing on this kind of a, not necessarily a definition, but just trying to corner some ideas about wellness into some themes. And I always come back to these four C's of care, contribute, cooperate, and create. And couple of years ago, I worked, I coordinate a wellness conference and it's mainly for wellness professionals and HR professionals who, who handle wellness. And I've been keeping tabs on, on what Kent's been doing in, in the field and what he lends to that part of the creative process, but also asking people to live and fulfill their purpose. And oftentimes those best voices that we need to hear are the ones that we're not used to hearing and breaking out of the mold of what we normally hear in the wellness field and bring someone in who's living every bit of that purpose and process to help shine a light on some things that we're not used to hearing or just hearing it in a different way. And Kent came and presented to our group and did a tremendous job in helping our group take a step back and for themselves consider their own wellness, their own well-being, and what it means to work and live their passion and start to drive themselves in that direction if they need to. If you feel unfulfilled or you feel at, you're, at a, you're at your wit's end with what you're doing, oftentimes these voices are the ones you hear the loudest at the right time, and then you start down your path to creating something special. And I've even taken some lessons from them in getting this Highway to Well podcast series started in not waiting around for anything to happen, but just to dig in, get some interesting voices, hear their stories, and embark on the highway to well. So Kent, love having you here, and you're an artist. Thanks for, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. So tell me, 
so as you've gone down your path, I want you, I want to, I want you to talk a little bit about your story because if you you have gone through the paces of developing and really going into that existential journey into your soul's core and recognizing the things where you feel like you thrive, the things that get you up in the morning and make you excited about working and about doing things that matter to people. But also one of the things, and, and I've long felt this way and, and part of it's because I studied art and through my, through my undergraduate and um, schooling, but the creative side of life. So whether that's music, whether it's visual arts, graphic arts, um, creating movies and film, there's oftentimes it's a, it's a solo process, but the output of that is a community building opportunity of expression. And it and touches people's lives in ways that are usually indescribable, significant, important, but you're a part of that process. You're a part of sharing that journey. How did you land in this? How did you, how did you discover this along the way? That's a great question. Um, and, and like, and like you said, I think the, the best way to answer that is that it, it is often in an undescribable or maybe even a, uh, another word would be unexpected ways. When I started my journey, I unintentionally was attempting to be everything for everyone. Part of that was out of just a need or desire to succeed on my own. And so if I met you or if I met, if I was introduced to you, I wouldn't necessarily say, hi, I'm, I'm Kent. I'm an artist. I would try to figure out what you needed me to be in order for me to either work for you or to provide you with a service. So I was Kent, the interior designer, Kent, the graphic designer, Kent, the, uh, Kent, the, the, the exhibit designer, Kent, the painter. Um, and so I was trying really hard to make sure that I was important to you rather than trying to be important to myself and true to what I wanted to be. Part of that was out of fear of not being able to succeed as an artist. And part of that was out of, uh, I need to pay my rent. Um, so I wanted, <laughs> I wanted you to know that I could do everything in case you had a job for me. Um, so it was kind of a dual threat reason, I guess that I did that. And, and to be honest, I, I struggled both to pay that rent and to find out what I really was for a, a good portion of the beginning of the journey. And it wasn't until I kind of had a friend say, dude, what are you? And, and help me with sort of the writing, the writing part of that, of, of being comfortable to say, hi, I'm Kent, I'm an artist, and leave it at that. Um, but it was really kind of a unique experience when I decided to actually say those words out loud that everything took off. Mm -hmm. And I still was able to do all of the other things if I wanted to, but I could pick and choose if that was something I wanted to do. But as Kent, the artist, I, my artwork actually seemed to do better, do well. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, a, there's a long journey to that story, but, but that was, you know, it kind of sums it up as once I was comfortable, 
enough to say, this is what I am. I think other people became comfortable in what I was doing and were able, were able to experience it in a different way. Yeah. I think you, you know, as you, if you read through, you know, your bio too, and your story and, and you and I've known each other for a long time. So I've, I've mm-hmm. part of, I've seen you through part of this process, you know, but, um, and, and you had worked on a project with me a long time ago, um, back when I was at the national wellness Institute and it was absolutely perfectly yep. creative. And, and even then there's, there is a, a gift of, of pushing the boundaries and opening up to what, um, expression can mean. And so even, even in your art, you've gotten involved in some incredibly creative projects too. So um, we'll get to some of that later, but what, what I keep coming back to, there's a couple of things that you've said too about ability, people's negative thinking is oftentimes a position that they're in that holds them back from being great. But then you also talk about, you know, you don't wait every day. Um, you, every time that you do that, every time you're waiting, you know, you won't get that chance back. And so for you along the way, how has opportunity presented itself that has opened your eyes into the, your new endeavors? Well, I think um, I do, you know, I would love to say that I take advantage of every opportunity and I wake up every day and think, you know, nothing is going to hold me back today and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leap off of the cliff mm-hmm. and I would be lying if I, I said I'm able to do that. It, it's just as much a struggle. I think it is for me as it is for everyone else, but I have seen in my own journey that if I just jump, there's, there's, there's a landing of some sort. It's never concrete. Um, and so I think once you jump, it's easier to jump again. And once you jump twice, it's easier to jump again, maybe a little bit higher up or further down or those types of things. But I think we all have, we all have, I'm going to wait till the kid gets out of diapers. I'm going to wait till my kids are walking. I'm going to wait till my kids are out of school. I'm going to wait until I lose 10 pounds. I'm going to wait until I can bench press 200 pounds and people will look at me doing that before I go to the gym. And and all of the things that we put in our head of, I'm going to wait until, Mm -hmm. every time we wait until there's another until after that. (laughs) Um, And so I think if you can, you know, it's, it's it's different for everyone. I struggled for the longest time to get out of bed in the morning to go work out. Yeah. And I kept telling myself, I'm going to get up early and go, I'm going to get up early and go do it. And, and I'm not, and this is not a speech about getting up early and working out, but once I gave myself some accountability with other people, it was pretty easy to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, so there's, there's having other people involved in your process that can hold you accountable. That always helps. Um, but for me, the, the, the art part of it and taking those leaps and taking advantage of the opportunities was the sort of saying of find out what happens if you never give up. There were some opportunities that came along both unexpectedly or you know, expectedly that I, that I went for and they occurred, but I will be, I would be I'm completely honest in saying that I had no idea what I was doing. 
you know, I was, I was asked to paint 300 paintings for a, for a, for a large company. Mm-hmm. And I said yes to absolutely everything they asked. And as soon as I would hang up the phone, I would think, I have no idea how to do that. Um, <laughs> and that was scary. It was, it was very scary. Um, you know, everyone assumes that you make a lot of money on those kind of orders. And I probably lost money on the first one <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. It made so many mistakes. But that was, you know, seven or eight years ago. And I've painted somewhere in the neighborhood of, 3000 paintings for them since then. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Everyone, everyone's going to make a mistake, but you learn from the mistake. You laugh at it. It's part of growing. It's, it's just part of being alive and being creative. If I was too worried about making mistakes, I would never be creative. And I think my favorite part of painting to sort of, take it into an artistic world for just a second. Even if you're not artistic, you can probably appreciate this. My favorite part of painting is when I'm stuck, mm-hmm. when I hate it, when I don't know what to do next. And that's where I think a lot of people are in their life a lot of times where you're just stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should go work for myself. I don't know if I should start this program or that program or how do I start my wellness? And they're stuck. But the cool part about painting and being stuck is somewhere on the other side of stuck is the, oh, yeah, I got it. I figured it out. Yeah. And I paint for that 10 seconds if I figured it out. I mean, I'll stare at something. I'll put the 37th layer of paint on it, and I'll hate it. And I'll be angry. And then one day or one hour or one minute, I'll grab another color or another brush stroke or whatever. And sometimes it's by accident. Sometimes it's by working through it for two or three hours with the music loud or no music or whatever it is to get yourself unstuck. Mm -hmm. That's what I paint for. I paint for that 10 seconds of being unstuck and, and sometimes taking that leap or taking that chance, there's no better feeling whether it works out or not. Yeah. And you know, we in our field, here, the, speaking of the wellness field, I mean, it's built on stuck people. So mm-hmm. that is why we, that is why the field exists likely deeply rooted in the fact that behavior change to live a healthy life, to live a well life is a really hard process. And it's not, sure. and it's not rocket science, but it's, you pointed out exactly where most people are. They get stuck. And then that creates, uh, that creates spaces and then they just don't move anymore. And then their, their list build up and they're oftentimes, um, they are trying to be everything to a lot of people or everyone without understanding a lot of times what it is that they need most. And, and so sure. you as an artist, you know, getting the, I love that, like you said, the 10 seconds that being stuck, like that is a great place to be. If you're comfortable, you have to learn to be comfortable in those moments. And that's, that's something, you know, and that's, but uh, how, but my question is, is, you know, and, and it's great to think about and talk about is, so what is it about that moment, you know, for you or for others? And what I see is it usually comes back to, you have a clear sense of who you are 
And that that is the critical issue of where we go as a field. Like when we start talking about what it means to live, to live well and to be doing what you can at the best and highest levels and really enjoying what you're doing, if your foundation is strong, then when you get to that cliff, you don't mind jumping because you, you, you know that this is all about who you are, whether that's waking up and exercising or whether that's being creative at, in, your, in your art or whether that's getting through a project at work. If you're sure of where you are and who you are, then you're going to be, you're going to, you're not going to have as much fear. It's like, it's like when someone says, I really don't like conflict. And I, I, my question is always like, well, what, what is it about conflict that you don't like? Because conflict is a pathway to a resolution that should be better than where you are right now. Like the whole point of conflict is to work through those processes. So like being stuck in the middle of your art, there's a conflict going on there. But you, mm-hmm. you've dealt with the riches on the other side, that wow moment when something beautiful happens. And for a lot of us, we get stuck because we're not sure of who we are, what we want, or what that wow moment should look like or feel. And then we end up continuing our, our grind, our rat race to nowhere that is uncompelling. It doesn't help us with our health and our well-being. And we end up you know, not maximizing who we want to be. And... I think that's where you, that's where your voice has been a welcome one to us in our field um, to talk about those points um, because it makes a lot of sense in what we're doing in a completely different way. Um, right. Behavior change and art are tactically different, but philosophically the same in that way. Very much so. Very much so. Um, and then what happens and in, in, I want to talk to you a little bit about where, what I, what I want I guess one of the real big areas of my interest in watching your work explode is how you've gotten people who wouldn't have normally probably dove into a creative process to do so. And so whether it's through words or whether that's through your workouts with sports and CrossFit or soccer or other equipment, what is it when, when you first started doing this, what was it about that journey that you said, Oh, this, this is amazing. This is, I'm, I'm seeing something really beautiful in process here. When I first started, I was, uh, I was intimidated because I felt like if there were 10 artists in the room, I was, I was nine or 10 as far as talent level was concerned. Mm-hmm. And, and I only say that because, you know, when I first started using words and things like that, or even almost anything I painted, I thought, you know, I like this, but is it real art? You know, it's never going to be in a museum. I don't know if anybody's going to buy it. 
you know, my friends and family tell me it's good. I don't, I didn't know what the reaction would be or, you know, frankly, I didn't know how to sell it, any of that stuff, but I, I wasn't necessarily super confident that it would be received as art. You know, maybe it was decor or maybe it was pretty little things or those types of things. Combine that with sort of a drive to not be stagnant and not make the same thing over and over again. I really thought that I wanted to make something that would be appreciated, not necessarily in a gallery, but for my friends or those that I hung out with, or though they were my sort of, they were my eyes. Like, is this good? Is this not good? And those were the people that I hung out with the most. And those people were kind of where some of that came from. So if I was hanging out in the gym and I wanted to talk about art, that's an unusual conversation. Like, hey, guys, what's your favorite color? Like, that's not a conversation you have at the gym. Or, you know, it's just, it's just not. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with being the odd guy in the room talking, you know, because the morning conversation at the gym is the stock market or, or how things going, the sales meeting or whatever. Or it's never, hey, what are you painting, Kent? You know, that was never the general. It is now, but <laughs> it's only because everybody knows what I do. But. <laughs> that was never like a comfortable conversation for me. Um, so I've, I've always tried to figure out a way to make art accessible for everyone without, without dumbing it down. Like, you know, you can go to Target and get prints and art and whatever, and, and that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to make something that was high-level art, in my opinion, we can debate that on a another podcast. <laughs> uh, but high level enough that an everyday person that I would associate with would understand it, enjoy it, and it wouldn't have to be explained by a long dossier. And so that's that's kind of where the, the CrossFit and Canvas came about was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was literally working out and dripping sweat and thought, well, this should be paint. And that turned into, hey, can, you know, six of my friends, you guys mind dropping weights and paint? And it just kind of evolved from a conversation with a couple of people at the gym. And then I didn't expect, I honestly did not expect it to go as far as it did. Mm -hmm. I just thought it would be fun. And I think that, I, that was a huge lesson for me was, all right, business plan A is do what you're good at and what you like to do and what people around you like pretty simple. Yeah. Um, that was a big lesson for me. That was not my intention or I wasn't trying to learn anything. Um, but like everything else, when sometimes when you don't try and it just happens, um, it, it's, it's the best, you know, and then using the words, I mean, I went through over a year of my artistic journey, whatever we want to call it mm -hmm. of saying, don't use words, don't use words. Words are your, way out like I could paint something and not like it and write words on it and all of a sudden it seemed like it was done or finished mm -hmm. and I felt like I was using them in a in a lazy way I don't know what else to say but I guess I felt like I was being lazy as an artist mm -hmm. so I think I was missing what people liked 
but at the same time, it forced me to get better at the art part. And then through some conversations with people and listening to what they had to say at, at shows and experiences and other events that I did, they, they really appreciated and liked the words that I wrote. And so I've been able to marry the words with the art that I got better at or that I got better at um, over that time frame. And I think that was, a, a, you know, another lesson of, of do what you're good at do what people like. You don't have to, you don't, I don't have to reinvent the wheel every time I pick up a paintbrush. That doesn't mean I, re, I should regurgitate what I've done before, but do what I do what I'm good at. And I'm, I'm here at uh, the studio here. There's one of your word art pieces hanging up. It says, let's fall in love way too fast. Hanging up <laughs> right above the light switch here in the studio, which is, it's a reminder of it's, and it's, I think that's one of the things that, that I, I do find to be really brilliant. And you just touched on it a couple of times as you're talking there about, it's like the creative process is often like compartmentalized and it's assumed that it's only for people who have the skill to do it. No. And that really is unfortunate. Because I'm from the, I'm from the um, school of thought that creativity is essential to us as humans, as it's part of our journeys as, as beings to try to be creative. And that doesn't mean being able to paint on camera. No, not at all. And you're, you know, you've broken down walls and keep breaking down walls to show that art in and of itself is an, is a means of expression of any kind of, of almost any kind. And, and I, I had the fortunate chance to participate in one of your CrossFit and canvas type sessions here. And I don't know, I'm just going to guess that out of the participants that were here, the 20 something people, 30 people that were here, few of, few of us would be able to sit down and put together what would be considered to be a work of art that is going to be hung up somewhere likely a museum yet it was a incredibly fun first of all it was a fun opportunity to drop paint to make something to stand back and look at it and go oh well maybe a little bit more here a little bit more color here let me drop a ball here let me drop a plate here to just create an expression and it's unique and it's special to everyone and that wall is, is such an, an important wall to break down. And I've been working on that part in, with people who in are trying to make change is to, to get them to take a step back. And, and I ask them to draw themselves as an object because most people get fearful if you say, I want you to draw a self-portrait. Well, you've already eliminated the desire to do any of that from most people. <laughs> You eliminated me. <laughs> yeah. But, but so when I ask him though, I said, just sit down, take a few minutes, just start drawing. Like, well, who are you? Think about if you were an object, what would it be? It completely changes the entire way that someone starts to think about oftentimes themselves, their lives, the roles they're playing in their lives, 
but they are no longer thinking about creativity. They're just, they start thinking about, okay, I'm a hammer. I'm going to draw my, I'm going to draw myself as a hammer. I like to fix things. I like to do things. I like to build things. I like to be, I like to be that person in every project. I want to build it and other people can use it. I want to build it and then move on. And I just want to keep building. And, and that's, that's that process. You know, you, you're breaking this down. So when people come to do your CrossFit workout, CrossFit and Canvas workouts, you know, very few of them think of themselves as artists, but by the end of it, they've definitely felt creativity. They felt the endorphin release, the hormonal um, greatness of what it feels like to be creative. That's a challenge in and of itself. And the fact that you've mastered it is, is a real tribute to what you, where you feel like you can take art. Like you said, you want to make it accessible. And sure, you can go buy a piece at Target or you can buy a piece anywhere. But when you yourself are part of that process, you're helping people take a step towards living a little bit better life in some ways. Yeah, I mean, creativity is a, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's an outlet. And, and, you know, people, people will call me creative or assume I'm a creative because of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been books written on creativity and stealing creative ideas and making them your own and all those types of things. But if you think about, you know, everyone who has any sort of a job or hobby or anything, you know, and I have people who come and I host painting classes here, whether it's regular painting or crossfit in canvas, and, and 80% of them come in and say, I'm not creative. I don't know what to paint. And my first instinct or first lesson to everyone, and I think this is a great example for wellness, is let yourself go. Take everything that is out of your head that you think you want to paint and forget about it. Don't have a picture of a horse running on the beach with a valiant knight chasing behind it <laughs> because you're not going to paint that. I'm not going to paint that. Whatever is in your head about the painting that you're going to start to do or whatever is in your head about six months from now, what wellness looks like, forget it. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It might not even be close to that. And once you can get over the fact that you're not painting or creating the life that's in your head and be comfortable with what comes out on canvas or what comes out the next day or how you feel, you will be amazed at how much the creativity flows. Mm-hmm. Your painting might not look as cool as mine on the wall or as be as buttoned up or as professional or whatever. But the fact that you've created it is something special. Mm-hmm. Same thing with wellness. If you're going for something, probably not going to look like what's in your head. You know, whatever that might be, and it's going to be different for everyone, but it's probably not going to match. And I think that's a huge issue of I'm not, my wellness adventure is a failure because I don't look like what's in my head. My life doesn't look like what's in my head. My schedule doesn't look like what's in my head. Mm-hmm. If you can learn to enjoy the process of creating whether that's creating art or creating a a life of wellness and get and and learn to appreciate what comes out on canvas you're gonna be so much better off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it might actually be better than what was in your head in the long run and more important to you yes you will have a part of it 
one of the uh in one of the projects you got to work on was with some of the best athletes some of the best crossfit athletes in the world what was it like to get them to dig into art and creativity uh it was interesting (laughs) (laughs) uh it was actually a really cool experience um i didn't know what to expect um there were six athletes um, from Noble Project that I was able to paint with, and they were not told what they would be doing when they arrived <laughs> sort of for this sort of photo shoot. That's awesome. So I was, uh, to be honest, I was kind of like, at first I was like, oh, they're all going to think it's awesome. And then they started walking up the stairs, and I'm like, wait a minute. They have no idea who I am, what I do, <laughs> why in the world they would want to paint. And I, you know, I didn't know anything about them either. And they're very you know, in the world of, of fitness and CrossFit, they're, they're very well known. So uh, for some people that would be intimidating. For me, it was a little bit intimidating, mostly just because I didn't know them. And I didn't know how they would react to like having to spend a day throwing paint around. Mm-hmm. Um, I got five really blank looks for the first 10 minutes and one really excited, like really happy monkey guy who was a, was uh, an art major in college. So he was super excited. Oh yeah. Um, but just, I mean, it's, it's pretty typical of the experience and you might've sort of noticed this when you did it. The first 10 to 15 minutes of, of creating art by throwing weights and paint or even a painting of any kind in a classroom setting or even by yourself. The first 10 to 15 minutes is very calculated very should i do this should i do that is it okay if i drop it here is it is it okay if i use two colors why am i doing this um what are the rules and then it's kind of cool like art is like a natural alcohol or natural drug in that all of a sudden you, you start doing it and you're like on, on a high and then you, it takes over and you lose your inhibitions and you're creating something. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just splashing around weights and paint and you could see, you could see the room lighten within 15 to 20 minutes of like, you know, they, they wanted to, they were in their own world. So they were in their world of CrossFit of like, okay, I need to do 10 push-ups in the paint and then go on to 15 wall balls to the ceiling and drop it in and then do 10 of this lift. <laughs> and it took me a while because they were literally doing workouts. And I was like, guys, just, just, you don't have to do the right form. Like no one's here watching. You don't have to have the right form. You don't have to swing the kettlebell all the way over your head. You don't have to do whatever. Just start throwing stuff around if you want or whatever. And then they, you know, they got into it. They started painting each other or they started like, Hey, you stand here. I'm going to splash paint on you. And then it became, they got involved in that creative process of letting themselves go. Yeah. And, and like you said, they, they had zero, one of them went to art school, but the other ones had zero artistic ability, knowledge, had never painted anything, could care less when they got there. But, you know, they are, they had a ball. Um, they had a blast. I mean, you know, as a, as a side story because of that event, I mean, I still keep in contact with all of them. Um, but I think it, it wasn't because 
oh, I was a great artist. You know, they didn't, they wouldn't know my art from me as an artist, you know, anybody else, because it's not their world. Yeah. But I think, I think, and I hope that they picked up on the fact that I love what I do. I appreciated what they do. I was in their world a little bit and that I, I do the same type of workout as they do, but I certainly don't do it with the ability or stamina or speed that they do it with. I didn't pretend to, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't go in there like I'm a great CrossFit athlete. You guys should listen to me and we're going to paint. You know, I went in there with like, Hey, this is what I do. I love what you guys do. Um, here's what we're going to do today. And I found that when we were done, they had more questions for me about art and what I do and how I made a living out of it. than I could come up with questions for them about how do you guys work out and do this and do that and do all those kind of things. It was an, it was a very interesting experience. Like people, people are intimidated by the creative process or the word creativity or the idea of they're being, going to be forced to be creative. But once again, like once you take advantage of that or get over that first little hump, it's a big, it's a big uh, eye opener, door opener for, for yourself. Yeah. And in the authenticity, um, like you said, you, you know, and that, that, and that's a really wonderful experience because you're surrounded by people who are experts in their field and then they're joining you on an unexpected journey in a process that is challenging, but your authenticity, like you said, you didn't pretend to be anything like them. You didn't didn't ex- didn't try to impress them with your abilities while you could do a lot of the things that they're doing. Um, but they trust, you know, that process is, is built on that trust. And, you know, that's, yeah. I think, you know, when we, when we did it here, it was the same thing. Like you said, you, you start with this, you start with the, the process is very, um, a little slow starting, but then there's just a moment where everyone's, gotten involved now to the point that it then then you really explode and people are really thriving in that journey and that's that that is that you could take that same process and apply it to anything that requires some creativity and you got to get people to let themselves go and just remove those barriers or sometimes i call them windmills from you know don Quixote's um work just we build up these processes it's like the creative process oftentimes is more about we build it up to be something so complicated and that's not me when it just needs to be when it starts with one drop of paint it starts with one stroke and then just mm-hmm. go from there like you said let let it go feel it out one stroke one splatter one drip whatever it is mm-hmm. and then magic happens and then and then you have people who are on a, you know who are a, wanting to know more because of the opportunity that that created for them to feel good about and feel creative. Even though there's no one judging the art, this is not stuff that's going to be hung in museums. It's your creative Mm -hmm. process that's meant for you. And if you feel good about it, then excellent. Excellent all around. 
Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here because I want to make sure that sure. we we spend some time talking about this. I so one of the one of the common threads we have in our lives is that we both have have a lifelong journey with soccer and have been both players mm-hmm. and coaches now. And now we both have kids that are growing up through the game. And so there's something that I found of yours and I've been, I've been reading a lot of John Gordon this summer. I'm not sure how familiar you are with okay. it. Um, the hard hat and, and the energy boss and a lot of, okay. a lot of uh, come with me and, and self-awareness about the athletic process as a, as an opportunity to grow yourself. And so when I read this letter to your 15 year old self, it was out, it was a, an outstanding like encapsulation of all these different things that have come together. And, and I've, I've done a lot of like in my 20 plus years of coaching, I've done a lot of similar things, but not quite a letter to my old self in this process. But if you don't, <laughs> if you don't mind, I wanted to read just a little bit, um, some of the yeah, and chat with you a little bit about this and about that journey for you. So this is a letter to your 15 year old self. This was written and shared to a 15-year-old soccer futsal team that you coach. Um, Mm -hmm. And it starts with a letter to me, the 15-year-old Kent, who has no idea what is ahead of him. From Kent the coach, the dad, the artist formerly known as Kent, the 15-year-old. These random thoughts are 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 composed in no particular order. First, stand up straight, be confident in your speech. Those who you are standing next to currently will always know your name and who you are, but will not necessarily be the ones shaping your life in the future. Their opinion of what you're doing, wearing, or excited about does not matter. Be a beacon of light for those who need it. Be firm with those who build themselves up by poking at others. Helping others will help you more than you know. The cool kids end up not being the cool kids. (laughs) <laughs> I love that one. Where you go to school, parenthetical college, um, doesn't matter. How you attack the reason you are there does. Learn, work, put everything into why you're there. Volunteer, intern in the field that you want to be in. Hang around and soak in knowledge. And as an athlete, there will come a time in your not-so-distant future when you say, I should have. I should have run more in the summer. I should have juggled and gotten more touches on the ball. I should have put the controller down and gone outside. You will never get those chances back. But some, someone else out there is running and taking those touches and taking your spot. You have what it takes after seeing those that, quote, made it or played in a big-time program. You can make it. Never be afraid to do things in a different way than others. Everything has a different answer other than the obvious one. Be that guy. This is, this is like, this right here is my favorite little part. Be that guy. Be the guy that no one knows about until you show up. And when you do show up, show up, take over, be a force, win, shake hands, walk away. Work until they remember your name. Work until they can't make a plan without you. Then you also added here a few more that I wanted to read, and then we can chat about this. So learn things, 
learn things just to learn them, which I love. Success is a sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. That one I could put up and repeat that. Days yeah. on Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. And that, that is such a critical part to sport, but I love it. Um, teach them that the assist is, more, is the important statistic. Teach them that they can do more as a team than as an individual. And teach them that following the path of everyone is just a looping circle to nowhere. Teach them that it is only different or stupid until it works. And then everyone will start doing it that way. And then the last, the last one here. Enjoy three more years in high school when coach slots you in it right back for a varsity scrimmage. Win your first tackle. Knock the senior on his butt with the one after that and then enjoy the next three years. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. I thought it was outstanding. Just a series of wonderful phrases that are so valuable and useful. How did you, where did that come from for you? <laughs> That's a good, I'm actually, I'm thrilled that you found that, or I don't know if I sent it to you or, or, or where it came from, but um, all of the boys on that team quit another team to come play for this sort of makeshift ragtag group that was different than everybody else. We do things differently. Mm-hmm. And you and I have both grown up in the sports world, and I can't tell you how many times my coach said, you know, you should really be doing this, or I wish I would have done this when I was your age, all those kind of things. And it, be- it kind of came like it was just standard issue to hear that kind of talk. And as much as it was the right thing for them to say, I didn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to do basically what we're talking about here, which is, can I, can I be creative in the way I want to communicate to these boys? And selfishly, many of those things are things I wanted to say to my son. And I figured if I slid them into a letter to a group, <laughs> It might go over better than, than, hey, let's go to, let's go out to lunch and, and sit down and have a talk. Because that doesn't work with teenage boys. If anybody's listening and they don't have teenage boys yet, don't do that. It doesn't work. It's got to be, they, they can sit down and talk to them at lunch, but it's got to be a time. You're never, you're never going to have a successful to sit down and talk with a teenage boy. Yeah. But if you can take them somewhere and it's a, you know, by their choosing, you're going to be all right. Yeah. So that was that was the general idea behind that. I, I, you know, it was one of those things where I'm sort of a, I guess what I would call a vomit writer. I sit down and I write, and everything comes out on paper. It's kind of how I paint, mm-hmm. and then I edit. So there was a lot of editing to that. Part of it were part of that letter is is regrets that I had that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Part of that letter is some of the success that I had when I did the things I should have done. Um, and I think I, I think I married the regret that I had of not doing some of those things growing up with the realization that, you know, I, I came from a sort of smaller town environment 
and I was, I always made the assumption that they were, that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started in the art world. And I, and I finally realized way too late in life, I could have done it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell the boys that, and I figured if I hit it in a letter telling myself that I could have done it, that maybe they would get it. Um, And to be very, very honest, it was very difficult for me to read that letter to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I read it, I thought of I thought of the mistakes that I made growing up of not not spending the summer getting in shape, of mm-hmm. of of not thinking that I was good enough, so going to going to a smaller school because I was intimidated. Um, but, you know, but, you know, I would get through those sentences and I would go through the ones about, you know, winning your tackle as a, as a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had never played defense in my life and I was a young kid and the coach stuck me there and I was like, all right, I can do this. And I was not expecting to, to play varsity soccer my sophomore year in high school, but I started every game because I didn't tell the coach, oh, by the way, I don't, I don't play left back. Right. I did, I decided I'd rather play left back than left out. So, you know, that, that's how, you know, and I wanted, I want my, I wanted the, the boys to know that, like you're going to be thrown in situations in your life where it's not what you usually do. Okay. Embrace them. Who knows what's going to happen? So I think all of those, all of those things came from, from things I wanted to tell them and have been telling them for the last four or five years, but I wanted to summarize it in a way. It was, it was a letter I wrote, I read to them at the end of the season. And I, and I tell them all the time, you know, tackle hard, then help them up. Mm-hmm. You know, and those kind of things of, of, you know, we're, we're a team of, of, of people who, who weren't going to make it in the, in the real world. And so we decided to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of those things, they weren't just, they weren't just sports lessons. They were, they were lessons of life that I learned through sports of, you know, you're an athlete. People are going to look up to you no matter what, Mm -hmm. especially when you and I were growing up. I think there's some other things going on now, but yeah, you know, if you make a sports team, you're, you're generally looked up to and you can be a jerk about that or you can, you can use that power for good to help those that, that didn't make the team or those that are being picked on or all those kind of things. And I wanted them to know that just because you've been chosen for a team doesn't make you a good person, but it should. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it came from, but I think it's perfect for what we're talking about. I was trying to find a way to say, exactly what I have been told by many coaches growing up, but in a creative, very straight to the point way that they would understand. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I had to be creative to do that. And, you know, writing a letter to myself when I was their age was my answer to that. And then what went in that letter, there was lots of it that was added. There were some things that were added at the end and everything like that. And then, you know, the longer portion of that letter, I wrote something to each kid pointing out, 
you know, their, their value as a person and, and to the team. Mm. Um, some of them were funny, some of them were whatever, but I wanted them to know that I noticed the little things about them that maybe even their parents didn't notice or their teammates didn't notice. So I think, I think that that letter honestly sums up everything my everything I wake up in the morning for mm. because it's creative, it's hopefully inspirational to others, and I hope it's done in a way that makes you stop and think, but not so deeply that you're like, I don't get it. Like you should get it right away. The stopping and thinking should be because you got it so easily. Whereas before you were, it was something that was like on your tongue, but you couldn't figure out how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, uh, there's so much in here and I can imagine standing, you know, in front of the group and starting to read it. I, I mean, we're all, I think all of us, you know, the reason why we stay involved in sport, so as a, uh, and usually, I mean, is if we coach or we're involved in some capacity is because deep down, there are still things that you want to continue to fix of what you've learned along the way that you should have known back then, but you're trying to finish like yourself off as well. Like you still see everything as a process and it is so, you know, and as a coach, it's frustrating when that process of learning is disrupted because of whatever barrier, like a kid or, um, and I've coached college kids too. So it's not just high schoolers. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's anyone involved in sport. You have the the player that'll say, well, I don't, I don't do that. Or like you said, like, I, I don't play left back. Well, that, that's a ticket to nowhere for anyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the goal is that this is a sport, but this is a process. And this is about life and how you're going to handle life through soccer. And, and mm-hmm. that is how I've always treated coaching. And my role in that process is to continue to grow and learn, but then try to like you've done here is to marry like what what it is that you want to say into things that are digestible like don't don't get so far above the process that in in the kids that the, you just you've lost them but also be keenly aware of what is most important and you pointed that out there's two key things that i think are probably the most important in all of this and one of them is where you say, tell, tell them often you're proud of them. And that is your, the appreciative, our, our ability to be appreciative about all the effort is the trust building part that makes everyone listen to what you're saying. And then the second mm-hmm. thing was when you break it down and you say, I noticed this about you, that is invaluable to the kid and the parent and you know, a few years ago, one of my high school, at the end of one of my high school seasons, I had a team that was fun to coach, very, like the personalities on the team were, were very dynamic. And, and, and I, I was trying to figure out a way too to like, how can I, how can I really like fully let everyone in on the world that I was just in on for this past year with these guys? And I decided I'd go through and pick a word that embodied this kid. And it was sometimes it involved, I would say rarely it involved how they played on the field. It was more about who they were, mm-hmm. 
on and off the field, on the bench, on the bus. Um, when things got bad, how'd they handle it? When things went good, how'd they handle it? And, and still to this day, and I think it's been almost, um, it's been almost 20 years since I did that. I still, a couple parents would remind me about what word I used to describe their 14 and 15 year old son. And like, it's, you know, that is, we don't need, we don't, should never overlook that opportunity is, especially when we're in the coaching role is to, is to let them know, I see you. And I thank you. Mm -hmm. Because the, it'll help the kids that are pushing, you know, are not there yet understand that you are keenly aware of what they're doing and not doing and get them on board and get them to join the path that you have the rest of the team going down on. So, um, yeah. And they're, and they're just as important as, as the goal scorer or the, the you know, the, the better players or all that, you know, it's just a good way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. So I've, I'm, Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad that, uh, we found it here. It was, it was very refreshing. Like I said, it, and selfishly, I was reading it like yes, because I've been reading so much when our season's starting here in a few weeks. So I've been reading mm-hmm. different different things that um, people have said, oh, you should read, or um, looking at those motivational team pieces and putting together the path for for my team this year. So um, it was it was spot on for that. Well, steal steal away. <laughs> I think I may just I'll put a picture yeah. of you up and just read it to them. And, yeah. <laughs> just put your own picture up. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not the only coach that says this crazy stuff to you guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So Kent, we're coming up here yeah. on our, on our uh, highway to well journey. What, what, what's the last, what's the last piece of something that you want to express here to our listeners. I want to tell you that you're all creative and it sounds like, sounds like the coach getting ready to give the, the pregame <laughs> speech, but I'm, I'm going to try to avoid that. You know, if you're an auto mechanic, you're more creative than I am at fixing a car. If you're a cook or a chef, or mom who cooks dinner six, seven days a week. I, I, I repeat the same things every three days. You're more creative than I am. We're all creative in what we do, whether that's choosing a different way to work because it's faster, whether, you know, I could name a hundred things that are creative that you don't necessarily think are creative. You don't have to put paint on canvas or draw be a tattoo artist or any of that stuff to be creative and you don't have to be creative every second of the day to have a creative skill i'm asked every day what what i what should i do here what color should i paint this what what's what do you have any ideas on this that or the other and more times than not it takes two or three days for me to figure out an answer. And that answer isn't always right. Mm-hmm. Use your creative ability that you have 
in an unexpected way and you, and you sort of double up on that. If you can think of a creative way to start your wellness journey wherever you are stuck, choose a different road. Wake up at a different time. Go to the gym at a different time. Try a different food. Eat lunch with somebody different. I, I mean, I could, we could, I don't know what everyone listening where they're stuck at, but unstick yourself by doing something different. If you want something that you've never had, do something you've never done. Mm-hmm. That's the best advice I can give you for using the creative ability that you have because you all have it. Mm-hmm. People all the time will say, oh, I'm not creative. That's not true. You chose what to wear today. Now, it might be boring to some, <laughs> but you, you, you chose that, all right? So you have the ability to choose or make a creative decision or whatever that is. So do something different today. Do something different tomorrow. See what happens. That's, that's, that's what I would like to leave everyone with. That's, that's, one, that's beautiful. And I think that's, that is the reason why I love doing this is hearing echoing these important pieces for everyone to understand that. I mean, we all like, again, we, we, the point of stasis where we get in our lives where we're not making changes, we're not successful is we built up to the point that we stop ourselves from, from moving forward. And oftentimes it's because we think moving forward is a, is a quantum leap or we're, we're going to be a different person and it's, and it's not, it's like you said, you, it's a series of small steps taken in succession day after day to a better place. And that, that in and of itself is a, is the creative process. And you're redefining how you view yourself and your life. When you get there, chances are in the, all the data and research we keep doing on people who live with purpose and understand and find their purpose, all the research continues to show that that is proven to be a, the most significant, I guess you could say, if you want to call it like an intervention, but pathway to healthy living is that. And in order to get there, we start with these steps and we start making change and we just continue to do it in a forward direction. Well, thank you for your time today. I love it. Of course. We'll have to. Of course. We'll have to come up. We'll have to have like a just. We a can do. We can do version two. <laughs> version two, the soccer chronicles. I have a that's right. Chat about the greatest sport ever. Um, but um, mm-hmm. as you and with your book and everything is as you continue to expand the parameters for us and our creative processes. I can't wait to hear what you're up to again soon. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I enjoyed it. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, bud. Yep, bye.